Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next three hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we are with you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates around the world and satellite programming providers. If you'd like to uh, send an email, studio at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, and our website where you can find out what we've done, what we're doing, and what we're going to be doing, www.exxonradiotv.com. Now, before I get to my guest this hour, a very special guest, one question for you, Exonation. How would you like to be part of UFO history? If you would, just go to www.cubesatfordiscovery.com. That's www.cubesatfordiscovery.com. I'm sorry, cubesatfordisclosure.com. I'm getting ahead of myself here. www.cubesatfordisclosure.com. Exonation, my guest this hour is a gentleman I've had the pleasure of having on the show many times before. His name is Peter Wolford. And after a gap of several years, I have Peter back on the show. He is the author of The Genesis Grid, a book purporting to reveal the secret of the solar and lunar eclipses and how these prove the inspiration of the Bible. And Peter, welcome back. Great having you with us again. It's excellent to be on your show again, Rob. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So what have you been doing since you and I last chatted? Well, many things. I mean, I do have a different irons in the fire, product development, it's 
taken me on a number of different travels. I've also um, been found to be in quite a lot of demand in the financial services industry, where I've got um, some good qualifications. So uh, I've been to Dubai, for example, three times in the last two years, wow. and uh, I didn't expect that at all. So uh, I have a tendency to get involved in probably too many things, but here I am now <laughs> concentrating back actively on uh, publicizing the book. And it is a great book. It opens up a lot of minds. And if it, you know, I've had the opportunity of uh, passing the book that you were kind enough to send me years ago to, to various members of the, my family. And, and they all bring back the book with a puzzled look on their face that says, <laughs> how can this be so? And, you know, I recall the numbers 7 and 11 were fundamental to your ideas of a secret Bible structure. In brief, tell us again what it is, Peter, and how you stumbled upon the Genesis grid. It happened in 2003. I was at a friend's house, and I saw by chance an advertisement for a book written about 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. The title was Number in Scripture. And I'd always been curious about the Bible, you know, why the Twelve Apostles, why the Ten Commandments, why couldn't we have had nine of them, seven days of the week, you know, the 40 years of trial in the wilderness, 144,000 in the book of Revelation, on and on and on it goes. There's so many numbers in the Bible, and my mm -hmm. thought was, well, perhaps there is some secret structure or some architectural uh, thing going on, something intelligible to do with these numbers that I haven't realized about, and that perhaps most people haven't, so I must read this book. Now, I got it. It was by a chap called... Ethelbert W. Bullinger, who's best known for a book called The Companion, mm -hmm. which was one of many of the concordances that were produced around about that time. In the book, he gets to, after about 20 pages or so, he comes to the point where he says, look, I found that the two leading personalities of the Bible, the Father and the Son, mm -hmm. are marked with the numbers 11 and 7. And he shows how that occurs, and there's no question that it is correct. But he then took several pages to try and figure out what it might mean. He went into musical scales. He went into the periodic table of elements. But he concluded that he couldn't figure it out. And that he, he was saying, well, why two numbers anyway? Why not three? Because, of course, the conventional wisdom of the Bible, of people's opinion of the Bible, is that it's a Trinitarian book promoting Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right. as a, a threesome. However, he could not relate the discovery to that, so he gave up on it. When I got to that point in the book with pen and paper, I immediately jotted down something else, because I've never had that idea about the Bible, that it was Trinitarian. In fact, I've always believed it is not. So, All right, Peter, we're going, anyway, to have to, we're going to have to do a bit of a cliffhanger here, because I've got to take my break right now. That's fine. Exo Nation, Peter Wolford is our special guest. He is the gentleman who wrote the Genesis Grid, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. 
For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Exonation. Peter Wolford is our special guest. He is the author of The Genesis Grid, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Uh, Peter, I, I'm sorry I had to interrupt you, uh, but we do have to take the commercial breaks because they pay my bills. And sure. <laughs> no problem. So if you'd be kind enough to continue. Yeah, just to round that point off, as I was saying, the 7-Elevens uh, is what really stumped Bullinger 100 years ago. Um, I looked at it from a fresh light, and I just looked to see, well, what does the Bible actually say or not on the matter? But uh, in delving into it, I found that the seven and elevens were actually related to the two heavenly bodies, the sun and the moon. And as you know, when they form an eclipse, they are two of a kind. They are in the sky. They are of identical size, as unique in the solar system out of all the 240 moons. Our moon is the only one that creates that perfect effect. So I concluded that wasn't an accident. And I did, in fact, find a set of six numbers in the Bible which form a demonstrably final and complete 
set. Now that set, uh, that pattern appears in 11 places in the Bible. For example, if you look at the, the temple, the temple of Moses, that is based on the Genesis grid. But I didn't actually realize that until after I'd finished writing the book. So I just managed to tuck it in at the end. But it, the 7s and 11s, the 44s of the Genesis grid are in the tabernacle of Moses, one of 11 places in the Bible where it is clearly imprinted. There's no disputing it. It is there. Yeah. Yeah, I beg your pardon? I said there's no way to, to dispute the fact that it is there printed in the Bible. Well, there's not really, because I've, I've begged academics to destroy this. Uh-huh. I've said, look, I don't want to go around lying to people. You sh me where this is wrong. And I've had, uh, well, I've, I've listed them somewhere to tell you. But, I, I mean, from memory, yes. I mean, I, the first person was a physicist at Cambridge. I showed it to him before the book came out. I showed it to him in about 2000, and uh, the book came out in 2010. I think 2008 I met him. He was flabbergasted, and he was a guy who actually was trained to learn. He learned Hebrew as a boy. So therefore, when I showed him the Hebrew pattern in Genesis, he really, he looked so stressed out, he was astonished. And after about an hour and a quarter, he said, you've definitely got a, a pattern. So he verified that. And then I saw, I found a chap in my hometown who was also a PhD, mm-hmm. but in eco- economics, although he had a degree in maths and also a diploma in theology. Very capable man. Now, he analyzed it. And he said, this, disc- and this was before the publication, he said, this is so important. He said, I've got to help you prepare this book. I'll, do the- I'll help you with, you know, editing and, you know, t- tidying, up the, the, tidying up the English, basically, mm-hmm. free of charge. And then I got on to a biologist who's on television sometimes. He's, I won't mention his name. He's very, he's very famous. And he, uh, I wanted him to see it. And I went to his house and I went through my slides with him. Because I wanted him to look at it, because I was making a claim about the reproductive number for humanity being 44, the number of reproduction. And uh, I wanted to put that past a top biologist, and it, he couldn't gainsay it. Um, then I, in, when I was in, working in Dubai, I, mm-hmm. I found a maths PhD there, and I tested on him. He said, yep, you've got a pattern. Now, he was a, of an Eastern religion. I can't remember. But I said, okay, you're of an Eastern religion. I've just proved to you, without any doubt that the Bible is inspired. Are you going to now become a Bible-believing Christian? And of course, we both had a good laugh about that, because obviously not. That's not the way the world works. Sure. But he was a fine guy. The last test I put it to was a couple of people. They weren't married. They were a, a, a chap and a lady, both PhD maths in the local area, which I found through a tutorial mm-hmm. service. Uh, I went to their house. I slapped the cash down on the windowsill. I was only going to deal with the lady, but the guy turned up, so I got two for the price of one. And they spent the whole evening, about three hours, Googling, testing, questioning, trying to overturn it. They were desperate, and they couldn't do it. And when I got home, I typed up a list from memory of everything they'd said, 18 points that they actually raised against the discovery. And they were points like, well, is the Bible a base 10 book, you know, 100 cents and units? Yes, of course it is. But a fair question to ask. I mean, you have to check every base. But they just could not find anything against it at all. So, you know, I would invite... I mean, if anybody wants to put this to the test with me, I will sit in front of a panel of scientists without notice and defend this discovery and invite them to overturn it. They would not be able to do it. What do you think the... the... Let me rephrase that question. How is it 
that the Bible, as ancient as it is, can be so precise about events happening today? Well, that's a slightly different subject, of course, as to whether or not there's a pattern. But well, doesn't does, well doesn't the pattern correlate to the the prophetic aspects of the Bible as well? It does in a very strange way because there was a triple four pattern. Right now, this the discovery in itself is in no way predicated on the triple four pattern, but it is there when you put the numbers in sequence, you get a four 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 in the middle. Now that four four four, unbeknown to me, has cropped up a number of times in history, and over a period of years, I kept discovering places where it cropped up. For example, the first time I noticed it, it was the Axis Pact between Hitler and Mussolini, which lasted 444 weeks. And that was in several newspapers. I don't know how they, but that's what they were writing. I thought, that's an amazing triple four. But then I went looking and I, I realized that actually the writing on the wall that, that, um, that the Feast of Belshazzar, which is a very famous event in history, isn't it? The fall of Babylon, 539 BC. Yep paintings have been done of this feast well in that feast, at that feast a hand appeared writing on the wall and it wrote, wrote the words meeny meeny tekel you fasten and when you look into that you actually get eight four 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 so the pattern was there four 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 so i thought that's amazing so is this to do with the rise and fall of kingdoms then i heard that the um problem that jimmy carter had had to deal with the tehran siege lasted for 444 days huh. And so I thought, well, does that tell us that Iran is going to be a kingdom? I say it does. I say that Iran is going to become a world power to, to rival Germany. But um, anyway, that's another subject. But then I heard, re comparatively recently, only about a couple of years ago, from a relative, he said, did you realize that the British crown, the Edward crown, that the Queen was crowned with, has 444 jewels? No, I didn't. Stunning. So you see, the Khan had the greatest kingdom in history, four times, uh, empire, four times the size of the Roman Empire, has a unique uh, uh, you know, monarchy. I know that everybody doesn't like your family, but they are unique in the world, and the queen was crowned on a, with a crown with 444 heads. So something is going on. There yes. is something in the universe saying that this is the way I'm regulating it. Um, so, yeah, but I think that doesn't quite answer your question, because there is, as far as Bible prophecy is concerned, it doesn't hinge on that. It hinges on the fact that the, there is a structure, like a tree, with a trunk, yeah. um, with uh, branches coming out of it. Well, I just, I, just, I just saw a, a relevant number as you were talking. You were talking about 444, four, four. and then yep. I asked you about the numbers 7 and 11, in, yep. And then if you take four, 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 that's 16, one and six is seven. It brings you right back to the beginning. Yeah, well, I hadn't looked at it that way. But uh, I think probably without um, paper and pencil, without black and white uh, explanations, mm -hmm. it's probably difficult maybe to convey the full sense of it all to your um, audience. But I would say that uh, in summary, so far as that you did ask about as far as the Bible prophecy is concerned, the trunk of the tree mm -hmm. is the chapter Daniel 11 and the book of Revelation. And when you integrate those two, you do get a very clear um, structure, a, a, a time flow that the Bible indicates. Um, that, that is really what one would base one's belief in, in, in the Bible on.
So when we look at what's happening in the world today, you know, for example, in, in the United Kingdom, the uh, Brits uh, vote to leave the European European Union. When was that? The, earlier the this Brexit. year? Yeah, that was yeah. the twenty third of June this year. Yeah, and that was very dramatic. Uh, I feel that that is very relevant to what I'm interested right. in because it involves the English-speaking people, and uh, there has been a long tradition in this country amongst the ruling class of believing that the European nations, and the British in particular, were racially related to the lost tribes of Israel. And uh, even Churchill dabbled with this, and two of his friends were admirals in the, during the Battle of Jutland in 1916, and he visited them at their home to talk about this. They were members of the so-called British Israel Society. Now, that's continued to dwindle. I've never been had any contact with them but they, they have continued to dwindle. Um, but uh, the promise made to Abraham of national greats, there is a very powerful case that has been made for over 100 years by a number of authors mm-hmm. along the lines that um, the missing tribes of Israel have not disappeared from history. They've simply turned up in Western Europe a long time ago and have lost their identity due to Uh, the religious practice of Sunday observance, whereas the Jews, who were only one of 12 tribes, have retained that Middle Eastern link because they observe Saturday, and that was the sole reason. So that is a part of my belief, and I am working on material at the moment to, to expound that. Now, the Brexit vote was very significant because what the Brexit vote did was that it, it caught the establishment completely by surprise. I think mm-hmm. we all realize that, don't we? A couple of days before that vote, I spoke to a friend of mine on the phone who's a farmer. And I, he's older than me, and I know that he's very interested in British history, especially, especially the war. And we said to another, do you think the weather is going to have anything to do with this vote? Because it did have something to do with the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least a lot of people believe so, you know, um, D-Day and so on. Well, in the event, what happened was this, that the Greater London area, which was very strongly in favor of Remain, they were hit by storms we've never seen in this country. There were lightning strikes on the railways, which closed three railway networks. Certain streets were flooded in South London. There were voting mm-hmm. booths that had to be shut and moved. Uh, in North London, where I was, I'd never seen rain like it. At seven in the evening, I was near this house in my car, mm-hmm. and it was like a monsoon. And I've been in monsoons. Right. I mean, it was massive. And so I and a number of other people say to myself, well, this looks like an act of God. Now, when the vote went through, uh, what we saw Greater London area, actually, because I believe of this weather, the, the vote to leave, the Brexit vote to leave, was 40%, which was way above any expectation. And remember, this is a part of the country, the Greater London area, with 10 million people out of the 62 million. So wow. um, that was enough to swing the vote and get the, the 52% in favour of leading. So my own opinion is that that was an act of God. Peter, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our break. We'll be right back. Exonation. Peter Wolford is our special guest. 
Over the many years doing this show, I've had the great pleasure of talking to Peter, and it's always a very interesting conversation, and I still scratch my head and say, how in the name of heaven is this done? The Genesis Grid, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Peter Wolford and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation 
focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Explanation. Peter Wolford is my guest. He is the author of The Genesis Grid, his website, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. All right, Peter, we talked about the United Kingdom and the Britics. Uh, I have to ask you, you're, you're a world traveler. You've got your thumb, your, your fingers on the pulse of the news. What is your opinion of the, of the three-ring circus that is happening in the United States of America right now? And, of course, I'm referring to the... The elections that are coming up uh, between, let me see, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Mm. Well, I'm following it, you know, blow by blow every day. It fascinates me. Um, But um, I take this view that I think that when the Brexit vote was won, it surprised a lot of people, even the people who've been right at the top of the campaign. They really didn't expect to win. As I say, I think it was an act And because I think it was an act of God, I believe that Trump will win. So I'm not mm-hmm. being partisan about this, although I certainly, I can say with Nigel Farage of the UKIP um, bloc in this country, I wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton if you paid me, or if she paid me. But <laughs> aside from that, um, I would say that I believe Trump will win because, um, because of what happened with Brexit, because he's part of the same zeitgeist, I think is the word for this year, the spirit of the age. The spirit has changed somehow in the mm-hmm. world. Look at what's happening in the Philippines. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the same thing, and I get a blow-by-blow account on that because I have a relative in the area. Um, and it's very interesting, but that's a diversion. The fact is there is a change of spirit, and that is uh, very much presented by the Brexit vote, which I believe was an act of God. And for that reason, despite the threats against Trump, Trump's chances... Um, the fact that his opposition has the media in their pocket, the fact that they have um, already have misused voting mm-hmm. um, uh, procedures uh, against uh, Bernie Sanders, who oh, basically they stole yeah. the result from Bernie Sanders. Um, they will do anything uh, to Trump, including kill him, actually. Perhaps I shouldn't say that on air, but it's happened before in America. Yes. But I think that... Trump will win, and I would expect him to win by the same ratio, 52 to 48. Um, and then there's another reason why I, I tell you that I think Trump is going to win, and it's this. As far as I can see, if Hillary wins, she will drive America to war with Russia. And that is already that trend is already well underway. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the sanctions they've imposed, and they're now talking about imposing more sanctions... Um, it was they who provoked the trouble in um, in the Ukraine. And in fact, the, the funny thing is that the meeting that I talked to you about last time we spoke, which was 
uh, in Warsaw with the, all the leaders of Europe. It was the day after that, which was on that fateful day of trumpets, which was part of my figure of so on. I, I predicted, it, predicted it all in writing, and I'm, I'm, doing, I'm preparing a document at the moment that will uh, prove that my, um, my prediction was correct. But all of that was about Ukraine and about stoking war with Russia. Um, it was Hillary's husband who, who broke America's word given by Bush that they, after the Berlin Wall had fallen, they wouldn't move their missiles an inch. Well, they soon did. As soon as Clinton was in, they moved the missiles, missiles right up to the Russian border, and they've recently put a load more. So this has been going on for 20 years. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a clip on YouTube with Putin begging Western journalists saying, please, please tell your people what's happening. This is so dangerous. But, of course, he knows they're all bought and paid for. Yeah. But, um, unfortunately, I am convinced if Hillary wins, they will go all out for war with Russia. And the reason is because they're not loyal to America. They want peace. They've all got their underground dugouts. They've stolen trillions uh, one way and another over the last 25 years. Um, and... Uh, that's it. I, that is the reason why that I, I believe Hillary cannot win, because if she wins, there will be nuclear war, and the world isn't ready for it yet, because I know the Bible gives mm. its own timetable, which involves developments in Europe. And the pivotal statement in the Bible for this modern world is found in uh, the 11th chapter of Daniel, where it says, the king of the north, and the king of the south will get into a conflict. The king of the south, which is going to be Iran, will push at the king of the north, which is going to be Germany. And when they push, the king of the north, Germany, will come down upon them like a whirlwind. That's the description. And many countries will be overthrown. So America's attempt to uh, take over the Middle East um, is going to fail, but Germany will pull it off in the end and that is as sure as the rising sun there's no doubt about that i would bet my life on that i would put a noose around my head now on that that is going to happen peter but you know if we talk about nuclear war and all the trillions of dollars that have been funneled out by the clintons what use will that money be in a world that has been ravaged and destroyed by nuclear war? They believe a nuclear war is survival. But the Bible says they're wrong, because the Bible says, no, this is the Jesus speaking, Matthew 24, the Olivet Prophecy, says no flesh would be saved alive. Quite specific. He didn't say no bushes, no yeah. shrubs. He said flesh. He said flesh. No flesh would be saved alive. But there's going to be an intervention. So, you know, people say, well, is the world any more dangerous than it used to be? No, because we we're always going to go to hell in a handbasket anyway. <laughs> so there's no increase in danger because the danger level was always total. I, the way that I, I saw it unfolding, Peter, was when President Bush, I'm sorry, President Obama put those lines in the sand you know, with Syria going back three yeah. or four years ago. Yeah, that gas, the use of gas. Yeah. And, you know, Syria just paid no attention to him and crossed it. He put another line, they crossed it again. And I think this is when President Putin actually realized how weak President Obama really was. And yeah. he lost all respect well, for him. Yeah, uh, he's, he's not a leader. He's, no. um, 
Kennedy tried to be a leader, but they didn't want that. Um, and we haven't had many leaders. Now, um, Reagan tried to be a leader, and they mm -hmm. shot him. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's very difficult to be a leader in America. Yeah. And, and I feel a bit sorry for Trump because he's making all these commitments, but he's going to find it very difficult to get the Senate to approve any of the team that he needs to help him. So, but at least if Hillary loses this, and she will, that uh, means a brief respite, a brief possibility for even a renaissance for the English-speaking peoples, maybe another five or ten years of prosperity, right. unshackled from the EU, unshackled from the globalist conspirators of, of Washington. Never unshackled, but, you know, let's say they put them back in their box a little bit. So um, a hiatus, but at the end of the day, um, the, the conclusion has already been written. What it, what it, what is your new prime minister like? She's quite a nice lady, pretty solid lady. She's um, uh, she Theresa May. Um, she's risen through the ranks of the Conservatives. Mm -hmm. uh, her last job was Home Secretary, and um, we think that she is a secret Brexiteer. We think that she took a lukewarm position on the Remain side of the argument, but she refused to get up and actually campaign for it um and uh, so i think that i suspect that she's played a clever game because she felt correctly that she probably deserved a crack at number 10 downing street and that her best tactic would be to basically sit on the sidelines mm -hmm. which is what she did so good lady and of course she's well well equipped to negotiate with them because she's done it before she has a good track record of negotiating with europe and the other thing is that europe can't turn around and say to her well look at the mess you've made Theresa. you know campaigning to leave europe because she didn't campaign to leave europe so she's an ideal person and she's also going full steam ahead with the brexit and i don't know if you heard that the pound dropped six percent in a day yes i heard that yeah yeah and that's purely because Theresa may is standing up and saying they voted for Brexit. We're going to deliver Brexit. Yeah. The people have spoken. Yeah, they have. Is she another Margaret Thatcher? Um, no. I mean, Margaret Thatcher was unique. And, of course, Margaret Thatcher received a, a, a state funeral, mm -hmm. the only prime minister since Churchill to do so. And I think the reason for that was because she won a war against Argentina. It's pretty unusual for the Anglo-Saxons to win a war these days. Um, so I would say, no, she isn't. But she's quite similar in that her personality is, is, is somewhat the same. She, her attitude towards Europe is pretty well in alignment with Margaret Thatcher's. Mm -hmm. um, Margaret Thatcher made some serious mistakes. She cancelled the council house building program. She... Uh, privatized our industries and now we have French and German bosses and shareholders running those industries. She made some serious mistakes um, but I think it's a fair question. I mean actually in some ways she is quite similar. How has the immigration system changed? Are, are you still being, is there still the influx uh, from from Syria coming over into the United Kingdom? And we've heard stories over here on this side of the pond where there are certain parts of London where Sharia law is run is is the law of the area, and that the the British authorities refuse to do anything about it. 
There are a few pockets. I believe there are a few pockets. Uh, much worse than that is you have the female genital mutilation problem and forced marriage, which yeah. is quite widespread across the country. It's not just in London. And there are centres in the north where the Muslim people are, are very strong. But, I mean, I've got a neighbour here who's five doors up. He's a very close friend. He's a Muslim, but he's, yeah. he's not like the Muslims that you see coming from the Middle East. He was actually from Bosnia. They're a completely different breed. Yeah. Um, and, of course, they're not militants, but there's so many millions of them. If only 5 or 10% of them were militant, you know, we're in deep trouble. Um, so I think that the answer to your question is, is probably yes. I mean, if you say this on the British media, they'll take your head off. But I strongly suspect the answer is yes. They've been in this country for a long time. They've had eight preachers, preachers operating in their mosques for decades. It's going to be interesting to see what happens after the election in the United States. Because whatever happens in the United States affects Canada. There's no two ways about it. So Canadians are watching it very closely. Our prime minister, who I did not vote for, you know, is opening the door to Syrian refugees. And my comment was, Mr. Prime Minister, why don't you take care of the homeless Canadians, the hungry Canadians, the unemployed Canadians... The Canadians who need the help that you are just giving away to these immigrants who are not, in my opinion, being properly vetted by the security services because they have no history. So how can you vet them? Who are you letting in? They burn their papers deliberately, and a lot of them are not even from Syria anyway. They're from other countries in the area, you know, Pakistan, Afghanistan, various stans. So... uh, there's a vast number of fraudulent people coming in. As you know, the mm-hmm. sealing off of the Mexican border is a very big issue yeah. in America, and Trump has talked about that. Um, he's got to build a wall, he says. Yeah, we've um, got to take a break, my friend. So, Please stand by. Exxon yeah. Nation, Peter okay. Wolford is my guest, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. And uh, Peter and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com.
Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold.
Explanation. Peter Wolford is our special guest this hour, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Over the, over the break, you and I were chatting about a gentleman who, whose books are still winning awards so many years after. Could you tell our listeners that story? Yes, actually, this was a chap called Richard um, Kalergi. Kaz- Kal- Kal- I've got his name written. Is it Richard uh, Kazanov Kalergi? And uh, he was actually a mixed-race aristocrat in Europe who wrote a book in the 1920s in high German on the subject of the need to break down national identities in Europe by bringing in up to a billion, a thousand million Africans. That was his idea. And mix them all up with the population. Um, Now, his ideas, frankly, are an outrage, but um, there's an award which is given out every two years in the European Union. Uh, 2012, the winner was Angela Merkel. In 2010, it was the head of the parliament, whose name eludes me, uh, Nigel Farage, listed him as a low-grade bank clerk in appearance. Um, But that award is quite prestigious, and it was based on the ideas of Richard Kazanov-Kalergi. Now, you mentioned the problem of immigration and migration, whatever you want to call them, um, refugees, Mm -hmm. whatever they be, some are genuine, um, in your own country, in Canada, and how do, you know you think that's that's a, maybe not the the top priority when you have so many homeless people as we have in this country. Right. Um, yes, it's it's a real problem now. Um, Europe is being hit very hard by this, as you know, yeah. and there has been a clampdown on the news. Police have been told not to report things. There even there was a lady in Parliament who was raped by a Muslim, and she lied oh and said God. it was by a blonde man, but the truth came out. Um, so they're working very hard to, to suppress the news, but the result of all this migration is a sharp swing to the right. My own opinion is I do think it is part of a, a coordinated conspiracy to bring back the right wing in Europe. And this has been done before, you know, when the French imposed their reparations on the Germans, which were totally unreasonable. Um, it was done deliberately to ensure that there would be a round two of that war. It takes a lot of effort to start a war. I mean, most people don't want to fight. I I wouldn't fight. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of planning, but that effort and that planning is being put, that that, that work is being done now. They're planning for the next war, basically. I don't think uh, uh, every country is going to get off as easy as they think, and I think that this war is going to be a catastrophic war because nuclear weapons are all over the place. Look at India and Pakistan. They each yeah. have they each have nuclear weapons, and that scares the hell out of me. North, yeah, Co- fact, North Korea. North Korea. Yeah, but if I may interject, I used to have a boss years ago, and once when they were given weapons, he said, "Good idea, because it'll keep the peace over there." Funnily enough, since then that particular region has been very quiet. Hmm. So, you know, the the argument works both ways. But I think Putin put it well recently when he said, "Look, this balance of power between me, me us, and America." It's like a game of chess, isn't it? Personally, come into it. It's purely, you know, where have you put your pieces and can we manage? If we can manage, that's fine, we have stability. But the problem at the moment is America is thrusting its pawns, its bishops, and its castles right up to the Russian border where they've got missiles poking over the fence, basically, claiming that they're there to deter um, Iran. 
Well, they're in fact entirely premature in that respect. They're all aiming at their, you know, and they, and they declare, oh, well, they're defensive. You see, well, no. I mean, Putin knows that you can change the warhead in five minutes. So he is very worried, and he, he put, he conveyed this worry. Um, so the answer is yes and no. They can have a balancing effect. I mean, look at the, the decades. We've all lived for decades under the threat of nuclear war. It's never happened. Why? Because the American presidents, a number of them until Clinton, worked very hard to keep that balance there. Yeah. And they did deals with people like Gorbachev, and they managed to keep the balance. And, um, you know, they, they were quite successful. Um, this mob are determined to destroy the balance, and they're already well on the way to doing so. And, and, and they're going to put Putin in a position where he'll have no alternative but to strike first. Um, and that's why I say that it's impossible for, for Hillary to win. She cannot win this election because that's not what the Bible indicates is going to happen. What is your Russia has always been not the threat. They have never been the real threat. The threat Germany is, is the threat. <laughs> and you and I have talked about this before, how yeah. Germany was the threat. What was your, What is your opinion of the U.S.-Iranian nuclear deal? This is us because it releases the genie from the bottle. Hmm. And, uh, of course, for every criticism you make, they have a counter-argument. But the bottom line is that the inspectors can't get in without Iranian permission and cooperation. It, it, it's a pathetic deal. And, of course, they made the deal, as Trump is so keen to keep pointing out, of getting their hostages back. They subsequently gave them an enormous shipment of cash yep. in suitcases for those hostages. Um, and they released £150 billion pounds of Iranian funds um, everything is running according to a timetable, and those 150 billion have been under wraps for many years, but they have been released now, together with this disastrous deal that they've done on the nuclear side, and Iran is taking off now. They're taking off, but they are locked in a in a dispute, aren't they, for for control of the region against um, Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia wants to be the sort of hegemon of the region. But Iran is saying, nope, we're going to beat you at that. And all of these wars in the area, they're all proxy wars. The Yemen war, the Syria war, uh, and what's going on in, has been going on for years in Iraq. These are all proxy wars, but the battle is for the control of the Middle East. Iran will seize that, and then they will push against the Germans. And that's when the real trouble is going to kick off, not from the Russians. Where on this timeline, and where in the Bible, based on your experience and working on the Genesis grid for so many years, are we right now? Are we in the time of the book of Revelation? Well, the book of Revelation begins by saying that it's a revelation that the Father gave to the Son, Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. without which he wouldn't know. But it's full of, as you know, very sort of futuristic images of helicopters and all sorts of things things that look like helicopters and of course there's the army of 200 million from the east well when i first got interested in the bible that wasn't possible it is now we do have an army of 200 million in the east so it's all shaping up i would say that uh, you know i mean one has to avoid you know setting dates and things like that i mean I, uh, but uh, as i've said uh, hillary cannot win because it's not time yet uh, the time you know the, the time when you have hillary winning you know, we're going to have a, the, the biggest crisis you can possibly imagine. But I have always said, and I'm consistent with this, that it is Iran and Germany 
who are going to hit off and they're going to cause the next world conflagration. Now, that's not to say we won't come out of the other side of that, because we will. Mm-hmm. We will. But the, 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 the destruction and warfare will continue on the other side. What will ultimately kill us is nuclear poison, of which the Fukushima disaster is just the hors d'oeuvre, really. Um, there is a prediction that a third of the animals in the sea will die. And, um, you know, the indications are there are quite a few animals that already died and, and it's not being reported on. Yeah, well, for the first uh, uh, for the first time in history, the the bee is on the endangered species list. The, the what? The bumblebee. The bumblebee. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. And if they go, we all go. Exactly. And people don't understand the, sig- the importance and how fragile this chain it really is. And... It's it's, uh, it's heartbreaking, Peter. It's heartbreaking. Listen, what what's your final uh, what is your final thought or your final words tonight for the Exxon Nation? My final thought is this: that what we were leading up to, I think, with Clinton and all those problems and these people moving around, these migrants, is this: there is a plan to impose world government through the UN. That's why the Pope and Obama got together. Mm -hmm. They're going to use the UN, they're going to use the global warming hoax as a basis for taxation, global taxation from the UN. It is their attempt to establish world government. And what I say is that is a satanic counterfeit for the real world government that will rescue us from ourselves. Peter, let our listeners know where they can get a copy of your book, The Genesis Grid. It's on uh, Amazon. And um, it's a physical book only at the moment, but the price I last looked, I think it was about £13. So I don't set the price. The author house publishers set the price, and uh, they keep 95% of the money for themselves, which is fine. I don't want the money. Um, So if you want the physical copy of it, that's where it's available, Amazon. Peter, I want to thank you so much for joining us again, my friend. To you and yours. Nothing but the very best, and I look forward to the next time you come back here and join us in the Exxon. In fact, what we'll have to do, Peter, we'll have yeah. to have you back on prior to the election and then right after the election. Yes, great idea. Let's do that. So All right. I'll put that in the diary. All right, my good uh-huh. friend. Take care of yourself, Peter. That'd be great. Thanks for your time. Good night, Bye-bye Peter. Bye-bye for now. Exxon Nation, Peter Wolford, www.genesisgrid.co. UK. So we're going to have Peter on just prior to the U.S. election, and then we're going to have him on right after the U.S. election, or maybe we'll even have him on and we'll do election coverage right here on the Exxon. Well, that's it. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, Exxon at Exxon, uh, yeah, Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com, or while I'm on air with you, Studio at TV dot com. We'll be back in a flash. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 